This is Expert Insights, Physician Views and News, a podcast with the nationally recognized physicians at the Christ Hospital Health Network. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Cardiac CT angiography can be very useful in the evaluation of patients who have a strong family history of early-onset heart disease to determine if their coronary arteries are blocked or narrowed by the buildup of plaque or to rule out abnormal coronary artery anatomy. Calcium scoring can help better assess the risk of heart disease and can help tailor medical therapy. My guest today is Dr. Robert Pelberg. He's a cardiac imaging and clinical cardiology specialist with the Christ Hospital Health Network. Welcome to the show, Dr. Pelberg. So what? why is coronary calcium important? Tell the listeners what you want them to know about this. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I'll start by saying that coronary calcium is, in fact, a marker for coronary atherosclerosis. Coronary calcium is not a normal part of aging, and it basically it indicates an abnormal coronary artery. And so coronary calcium is extremely strong as a risk factor for coronary events. In addition, it's a pretty good diagnostic test as well. As well. Um, coronary calcium has been shown to have a much more significant and independent prognostic implication than that of any Framingham risk factor alone, and it's very additive to the Framingham risk factors. In addition, Framingham risk factors don't account for family history, and as you pointed out, family history is a very important point. So coronary calcium is very good for both a diagnostic standpoint, a risk stratification standpoint, and to potentially help us in determining how aggressive we need to be to treat these folks with secondary preventive medications, lifestyle measures, et cetera. So what if they're an asymptomatic patient? How are you using it to assess cardiovascular risk based on Framingham, which, you know, is more lifestyle prevention and not even necessarily, not even necessarily asymptomatic? Well, truthfully, coronary calcification is, in fact, a, a test only for the asymptomatic, frankly. That's not to say I never use it in patients who are symptomatic, but for the purposes of this discussion, it should be considered a risk stratifying or a, uh, a risk uh, stratifying type test. In other words, it's not a diagnostic test for someone already presenting with chest pain. So I use it mainly in the asymptomatic population who are intermediate in their risk or who might be intermediate in their risk and have something that pushes me over the edge like a family history that's significant. And basically it tells me if they have significant coronary artery disease or if they do not. So in other words, if a person has a calcium score of zero and they're over age 40 or so, the chances of them having significant coronary atherosclerosis is low. And I would tell them at that point, we're good to go. Let's repeat it in five years or so. Uh, Let's do some conservative measures such as lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. But I wouldn't necessarily recommend a baby aspirin or a statin for those patients. On the other hand, if we determine they do have coronary calcium in this asymptomatic population, it pushes me over the edge to treat them very aggressively with high-intensity statin therapy, aspirin therapy, et cetera, et cetera, smoking cessation, all of those things. Of course, smoking cessation in everybody, but it helps me to uh, convince them. In addition, it's very good for the patient who is, you know, not really sure. You know, they're saying to me, do I really need this statin? Do I not need this statin? And really having a picture of the diagnosis and the uh, pathological process uh, uh, directly is much more powerful than the associated findings as suggested in the uh, Framingham risk. So Dr. Pelberg, does insurance recognize this screening? 
the it is a class uh, I believe one I think it's a class two A indication by the American College of Cardiology, so it's recognized um, in the guidelines. It is clearly the data supporting it. And I'm going to get to the answer to your question in a second, but I just want to preface it: the data supporting it far are far in advance of what insurance has come to accept at this point. And the short answer to your question is some insurance companies do not. Some insurance companies do. You have to see. However, uh, most uh, hospitals are providing this service for a very affordable cost. For example, at the Christ Hospital, we charge $99 for this screen, which is really a bargain. So when's the right time for patients to get this screening, and how frequently would you like them to get it? I think that a very, very good indication for this is your middle-aged person, we'll say over age 40, your person who um, has um, some risk factors for coronary artery disease, uh, but is not necessarily high risk clinically. The person should be asymptomatic, and I think it should be done very, very um, uh, routinely because of the information that it provides and the potential treatment that, that uh, it might suggest. It might avoid the need for statin and aspirin therapy in a lot of patients, and it might uh, force the issue in, pa- in, many, in many different patients. Once a patient is diagnosed with coronary atherosclerosis via calcium score, there are equivocal opinions concerning whether or not to repeat this test. There uh, are lots of complicated issues regarding the use of statin therapy and the promotion of coronary calcification or healing, which does not necessarily mean worsening of the atherosclerotic process, but might manifest itself as a higher calcium score despite healing and perhaps even regression of non-calcified plaque. So point being, if you repeat a calcium score and you're on high-dose statin, you may see a rise in the calcium score, which does not necessarily mean an advancing of the atherosclerotic process. Having said that, however, a rise in calcium score in 18 months of 15% or greater does portend a bad prognosis and would suggest maybe even the need for more aggressive therapy. So my philosophy, depending on age, is that I don't necessarily routinely recommend repeating unless I'm trying to convince a patient to be compliant, Uh, but I will, on certain instances, repeat it in 18 months or so just to see if we're having any kind of effect in, 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 in preventing that increase in calcium score by 15%. But it's equivocal. You know, many people don't choose to repeat it because if you're doing everything that you can for the patient to treat the process from a secondary prevention standpoint, then knowing what that calcium score does may not, in fact, change management. So what about the score itself, Dr. Pelberg, the coronary artery calcium score? Do that, does it increase with advancing age? Is it, is it generally higher in men? And are you seeing an ethnic difference in that coronary calcification? So speak about the score itself. Well, the score itself is definitely seen to increase with age. There is a very beautiful study with multiple sub-studies called the MESA study, which went over the ethnic nature. So it certainly increases with age. We see it greater in men than females, although females reach that of men after menopause, higher in African-Americans, higher in lower socioeconomic uh, status folks. But it's very, very important to understand that calcium is not a normal part of aging. In populations of patients around the world that, that do not eat a Western diet, they don't necessarily develop calcium with age. And so I don't want people to come away with the thought that, oh, well, you know, as I get older, I'm going to develop calcium. It's inevitable. Um, it is very common in the population of patients in the Western society, but it's not an inevitable thing. 
it can be regressed, it can be prevented. Um, calcium score um, definitely, though, portends significantly increased risk as it rises. So then how do physicians encourage patients to understand the importance of knowing their numbers and knowing this calcium score and then following through with adherence? What what do you want other physicians to know about, you know, communication with their patients on the importance of knowing these? Well, I think the first thing is I do a lot of primary prevention, and I think that one has to dedicate their practice to a belief in primary and secondary prevention. So the first thing is you got to schedule a good amount of time to talk to these patients, okay? This is not a, you know, five-minute follow-up visit. I schedule 30 minutes for my patients um, when I'm discussing calcium score results because I want to talk about all of these things. I think it takes education. It takes, uh, I provide handouts to these patients regarding the process itself, the um, questions we're trying to answer, the prognostic implications, uh, how to determine, depending on the calcium score, whether a patient might have a tight stenosis or not, independent of, of symptoms, what can be done with diet, what can be done with exercise, what can we expect, the importance of medications such as statins and aspirin, the importance of compliance, and the importance of regular follow-up, smoking cessation, diabetic control, and just discussing with them the actual data. And when they see these numbers and they see this on paper, sometimes I find that uh, they're more aware. I also try to tell these patients that, you know, to tell everybody they know. Uh, you know, discuss uh, knowing your numbers with your patients because hypertension is a silent killer, often not found until uh, a symptom ensues. Heart attacks can be a silent killer and often silent until significant atherosclerosis develops. And so knowing your blood pressure, knowing your glucose, knowing your cholesterol, knowing your family history is critically important. And I stress this with these patients. But in regard to calcium scoring, if you can identify the disease on paper with a picture and not just the image of the possibility of the disease or a risk of the disease, but you're actually showing them that they have the disease, I think you can make an impact in these asymptomatic patients in regard to secondary prevention before symptoms develop. At what point is the right time to refer a patient into cardiology? In my mind, any patient that has an... In, well, I think if a, if the, I think a primary care physician is certainly uh, within their realm to uh, order a calcium score in an intermediate risk asymptomatic patient in order to further risk stratify them into high or low. If the calcium score is positive, in my mind, any of those patients should be seen at least once by a cardiologist. So what can a physician expect from your team at the Christ Hospital Health Network after referral and so far as communication with the referring physician and your team approach? They will get an extremely detailed note and or phone call regarding this patient's risk stratification, anatomical considerations of calcium, further testing, and a treatment plan regarding secondary prevention, which includes lifestyle measures, uh, dietary concerns, exercise prescriptions, medication uh, concerns, and a detailed description of the follow-up uh, that would be recommended in regard to continued uh, testing and monitoring. Thank you so much, Dr. Pelberg, for being with us today. You're listening to Expert Insights, Physician Views and News with the Christ Hospital Health Network. More information on Dr. Pelberg and all of the Christ Hospital physicians is available at tchpconnect.org. That's tchpconnect.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.